0: small groups launch on september 9th so with those
1: connect groups starting in september you can visit our next step center and get more info on that as well and sign up at the next step center if you are interested in joining those small groups also at the family church we do giving with tithe and offering Um, there are three different ways we can give through online or through text message and by our red box in the back underneath the give sign at the back of the
0: sanctuary so with that being said i'm about to welcome up pastor adam he's got an amazing
1: message for us today um if you would please pray with me and we'll have him come up father god we just thank you for this time of fellowship lord and we just thanks this time of praising and listening and drawing closer to you god please let our hearts be open to receive the word that you put on pastor adam's heart today lord and we just thank you and invite you into this place in jesus name amen Amen. good morning family church how's everybody doing man so good we got uh, some some heat outside today so summer's uh, putting up a fight which I appreciate go summer and uh, the football's coming that's my only like that's the silver lining to uh, the season's changing for me I'm a summer. Uh, summer lover. And uh, so I I really appreciate uh, everything that's going on. I wanted to honor a few people here this morning. Um, First of all, my beautiful wife is here in the front row this morning. She's usually working somewhere else and around the building. Hang on, you won't know why. She is generally awesome, but she has put up with me now for 24 years of marriage as of tomorrow. So hats off, Danielle, special halo in heaven. And uh, yeah, the biggest halo will definitely go to her. She has put up with me and all my craziness, and uh, so we—this is—we do this together. And uh, God calls us to this, and and uh, she will. She refuses to like speak from here, but make no mistake—that she is behind the scenes in, in many of the things that happens. And I appreciate her. I wanted to acknowledge the group that's been coming on Saturdays to the work days, and and we've had different people able to be here at different times, but. Um, Uh, Ryan and Brenda, would you stand up just for a minute? And then uh, anybody else that's just been coming on these work days on Saturday, would you just at least raise your hand so we can acknowledge you? if you don't know we just finished buttoning up there's still a little bit more work to do uh, downstairs but this whole foundation had settled there was rotten wood we had to raise it up you guys can sit back down Uh, that's why you see these cracks is because we had to raise the building up like an inch to fix it and then settle it back down and so that was about a ten thousand dollar repair that we did for hundreds of dollars just buying uh, lumber because uh, because Ryan Like, he actually knows what he's doing, and uh, so I am so thankful for them leading this team that is systematically working through our basement and renovating this church to make sure it's a safe place uh, for us to, I want to do all the pretty stuff, but it's kind of biblical that if your foundation's trash, uh, you're really wasting your time painting upstairs. Like, if we had painted these walls already, uh, we'd have to repaint them. And so uh, there's a lesson there for us, but I just wanted to honor the people that are really doing um, behind the scenes things to make sure that this church is moving forward. And, And if you're changing a baby's diaper, if you're welcoming somebody at the door, every time you're putting money into that offering plate, you are helping to move this church and the vision that God has given it forward. And I can't thank you enough. I surely can't do it by myself. And so I honor you guys today. I want to open right up with a scripture this morning. And so, go to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. We've got a new series that I want to do a lead into. And um, hopefully, this uh, gets us inspired for, for what God has for us in these days to come. So, I'm going to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 17 through 20. Uh, if you're there, say, I'm there. I got a there, there, there. Here we go. Ready or not, here I come. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone, a new life has begun. And all of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ. And God has given us this task of reconciling people to him. For God was in Christ no longer, or I got flipped around here, no longer counting people's sins against them, and he gave this wonderful message of reconciliation. So we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. I just want to reread verse 20 there. It says, so we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making His appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. So just a simple, I think the answer is obvious, but sometimes we need to be reminded of the obvious. And that is, who is God making His appeal to? Who's He making His appeal to? Other people. Everyone. The world. And this says that He's making it through us and that we speak for Christ when we say, come back to God. We get to speak for Jesus any time we are encouraging somebody to come back to god that is why our church our whole banner is welcome home it's come back it's come back home and and people don't understand that they it's like how can i come back to something i don't know and and that's basically what we're going into with the series is that people have a connection back to father god because he's their creator regardless of whether they acknowledge him as that right now or not so for us to say welcome home to somebody means that they should be immediately feel like they are connecting back to where they came from and and so that's a powerful statement we've got this word in there ambassador and and this is one of those things you're going to hear woven throughout messages uh, in and out through the years because it's very important that as we grow as a church um, there is a natural inclination by the way to turn inward it just is because the more people that's that come Thank you for coming. The more people that become a part of our church and walk together in community, and it's a whole lot of fun, it's amazing, and it's good to have people walking along besides you. But that is, we can immediately give all of our attention just to the people attached to this local community. Do you see what I'm saying? So the tendency... And if you've been a part of church your whole life or different churches, you may have seen this in the life cycle of a church. The tendency is to grow and then focus on ministering to the needs 100% of just the people coming. That is, it is good that our needs are met but we can never forget the world that's around us. And so God help me that, that this would be a message that stays a part of who we are. And so I need you to hear this. There's this word ambassador in there. And so the word ambassador is defined as an accredited diplomat. Ooh. Sent by a country as its official representative to a foreign country. So this isn't just like me getting off a plane in Acapulco and going to the beach. This is somebody from the U.S. government going down to the government of Mexico on behalf of the United States to gain favor and and hopefully influence things to our benefit, right? So that you're representing, you might be taking a gift to that person as a gift from the United States, but you are there as a representative of that country. And so God calls us ambassadors in John 17, 16, I just want to reference it, jesus makes this statement and he makes it a few times he says that we are not of this world well pinch pinch i'm here i have the same physical body i'm getting hungry i'm hot if i walk outside i you know i'm pretty sure i'm a part of this world what is jesus talking about when we become a part of the family of god when we are welcomed back home, when we turn our heart over to Jesus and, and begin to follow him, we are basically becoming citizens first of heaven. And that is, that's something that our minds just, it, this slips out because we deal with this tangible world around us. But there are people in this room that have maybe dual citizenship or something like that. Or, or I know that our, our wonderful children's pastor, she's a Scot a, a and, and her husband is. And so they're here by way of Canada and then here. And so they have this, they're Scottish. When we become a part of the kingdom of God, it actually replaces our first level of credentialing. That becomes where we are from. And so we become ambassadors to the world around us. And I know that's a long way of saying something simple, but it's so easy to forget because I'm dealing with this all of the time. These, I've got these uh, real ties constantly to the world, but if I forget that there is a heavenly agenda for this life that I'm living, then I can easily get swallowed up in the minutia of just surviving, Right? Who's just surviving? Like, be honest. Like, it just takes a lot just to get through life. And so I'm not saying this to stack something else on top of you, and God isn't either today. He simply wants to remind you that there's a greater purpose to why we are going through the minutiae of this life, and that there's a, a purpose beyond just keeping our head Above water, he has called you and I to be his official representatives to to the world around us. And so, a question for us today is: is this is kind of like a, a fitness test? It's like a, a health checkup. How are we doing? And so, here's some synonyms for for um, for ambassador to help us out: campaigner, who's glad it's not election season yet oh my goodness, it's coming, it, I mean, it's just this miserable thing we have to endure. Uh, obviously, the presidential one the most, and, and uh, I mean, I did not buy a cell phone so that candidates could robocall me. Like, leave me alone, and, uh, and you know, it's just trash, and so I, I hate that, but think about campaigner, I don't blame, like, they want their guy elected. Think about it. Representative, have you ever represented somebody well, sure you have. I represent my company when I go out to different locations representing the other company that I work for. I wear the shirt with the logo on it. Hello, I'm Adam, architectural identification. I'm here to put up signs. Do-do-do. I don't do the do-do-do. No. <laughs> no. But I'm representing that company. And so I, if I don't take that seriously... I probably won't be representing that company for very long right so representative how about a promoter I always think a fight promoter when I hear of that like like people that like just exist to build something up you know and, and and make something make a big deal about something promote something when's the last time you promoted something how about this word champion not just like you're the champion of something I don't, I don't think I've ever been the champion of anything but that's okay this is talking about championing something, like I am defending something. I am the champion of this, and I'm going to champion this through. It's the verb champion, like I am going to encourage this and, and help this move forward. Gabe championed the Raise the Roof campaign today, right? There, another little plug for you. Supporter. Aren't you glad you have supporters? When you're at a place in life without human supporters, like that is a dark day, right? Or a set of days. And, and that's one of the reasons why we should grow in this community because this is, this is a way of, of maintaining that kind of support that we need. But think about those words in, in regards to being an ambassador for Jesus. Did you consider how you represented God to people this week? Have you campaigned for Jesus lately? I'm not saying call people and just, Hey! Have you campaigned for Him? Do my actions promote Christianity to the people around me? Do the people I work with think higher of the church or lesser of the church and Jesus because of me? This is a heavy thing. Does my life, does your life champion the cause of Christ? Do we support the ministry of Christ? That's part of why I wanted to acknowledge the people that have been serving and on these work days. It's, it's moving something forward that isn't seen, but it's, it's necessary to the life and the vision of this church the people that come in early and practice music all week and, 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 and the people that, that, that get um, stuff ready for us to eat and, and, and all of us that, that are helping to, to pay the light bills around here. And, and there's things that we want to do. And, and when we participate, we are supporting the ministry of the church. And collectively, we are telling the people around us, come back to God. And when we say that as a group, it says we are representing, we are actually the audible voice of Christ when we tell other people to come back to God. If you're not doing these things or you're kind of doing these things, then then what's the deal? And that's what I want to just address a little bit this this morning because I think there's a few reasons. Um, One of these is maybe you don't know that you're a necessary part of it. Well, I'm not the pastor. I, I, I don't really know that much about God yet, or I really don't have that much experience. Who knows? There could be a list of reasons, but you might not know that you play a part in that. You might not know that you can do it. You might just be really, really busy. You might not want to. There's, there's all of these things going on, and that's why we're doing this new series, and it's called Witness. The world needs to know what we know. And so there's three parts to this series. Today is the why. Uh, next Sunday is the who, and the third one is the how. What do I mean by that? The why would be the mission. What's the point? And the point is that the world may know. And and we're going to dig into that this morning. And then next week is 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 who? Who's responsible for this? And who can do it? And I'm gonna. I'll just tell you. I'll spoil it. It's you and me. You, you are supposed to help, and you can do something about it. And then we're going to spend the third Sunday uh, more of a practical, how do we do it? Because I've seen it done a thousand ways that are ways I don't want to do it. I'll just be nice about it. And ways that I think could even like negatively impact the kingdom of God. But yet, hats off to somebody who actually does something to try to bring people to the Lord. And so what, how can we practically move off the sidelines and onto the playing field and actively engage people and invite them to come back to the Lord? And so we're going to give uh, some practical things on that two weeks from now. So I hope this is something that is useful for you. And, and it's definitely a part, it's, it's close to God's heart, if, if not the closest. And so let's talk about the why today, that the world may know. I'm going to go to the... Great Commission, as what it's referred to in the Bible, and that's Matthew 28, and I'll explain why it's called that. Has anybody ever heard that term before? The Great Commission. Okay, a few people have. Uh, if you're new to church or you've just been sleeping a lot in church, then I'm not here to throw anything at you. Um, but it's important that that when phrases are just rattled off matter-of-factly in a church, that we explain things and teach things. It's part of my heart, and so. This is called the Great Commission because this is where Jesus is physically in the process of leaving the earth, and he's turning over the work of the kingdom of God to his followers. And so he is commissioning them, and it's called the Great Commission because it is Jesus commissioning his church. I mean, next to God creating the world and, and, and telling Adam and Eve, you know, giving him their assignments. Like those are the two big commissions of the Bible, and and this one affects all of us now. So it's called the Great Commission. Let's read 18. Uh, so 28, chapter 28, verses 18 through 20. I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. This is Jesus talking. It's in red, so I know that. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you, and be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age, that the world may know. One of the more significant issues that is, I believe, keeping us quiet and inactive as far as telling people about God and, and encouraging people to come back home is that we live in a culture that I think it's cyclical throughout time on this we're not, we don't have the market on this by the way it has been there have been darker days uh, for the church in the past and so that if that doesn't scare you maybe maybe you are now but we are living in a culture now where it is becoming hate speech to say that what you have is ultimate truth and what somebody else is believing is a lie does that resonate with you and for sure if you go around commute like if that's your the language you use I know the truth you're believing a lie that's actually kind of a hateful way to communicate that but make no mistake I am preaching to you from the premise of we do have the truth and people that believe in other things are believing in a lie And this culture, this day and age, the temperature, the mood, the climate, the politically correct whatever that we live in says that that is just a horrible, horrible thing to say. How can you define truth for other people? And I can tell you the really good news is that I didn't have to. I just know the person who is the truth. And and so we worship the Creator, and and I want to keep following up on that. And so a big why... Is that the world needs to know, and so it's a. The problem is, is that the way our culture believes today is that it it creates a false um, positive of, I'm okay, you're okay, we're all going to get there our different ways, and 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 that's. It's just biblically unsound and and i know that sounds that might be hurting some of your guys' ears this morning and i want to make a case for that this morning in a loving way but but in a firm way if that's if that makes sense and so jesus is opening up the statement with all authority he's not sharing any he knows where it all comes from it all comes from father god and he says god you have given me all of The authority. Jesus didn't take it. He didn't didn't steal it. This says that, and this is the only way real authority can be transferred from person to person, is if it's given by somebody who really has it in the first place. Right? And so Jesus is making this amazing statement with just His opening words here, and it says, all authority. This is it. The only thing credible that will save people is the love of God. And our access to that love is through the cross of His Son Jesus Christ. And He's saying, I am am operating out of full authority. And then we have the the most famous little two-letter word in the Bible, and it's go. Jesus says to go into all nations and to make disciples, baptizing them and teaching them. So I want to keep breaking down this verse. Therefore, go. I have all of the authority. Therefore, go. I have what everybody needs. Therefore, go. And so the only way we're going to get a chance to invite people to come back to God is if we go. And that's why I said the, the natural inclination of a church is to turn inward. It's to stay. Because we're going to make this awesome place that we're going to like to be on Sundays. And I love to be here too. And, and I like to get my muffin. And I like to get my 25 hugs. And I like to get my high fives. And I love to worship. And, and I love to hear uh, the preaching when it's not me. and, and no, um, We've got some great other preachers in this place. I love to be here on Sunday. I've gone to a lot of trouble to, to help set up a church that I would really like to go to. Does that make sense? But if I just come here, and it's great. I love all you people, and we're going to grow, and we're going to have life change in our lives, and and we're going to deal with things and experience healings and grow in wholeness or whatever else. But if we don't ever go, then we've cut off the river. We've 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 put a dam at the end and we've said this is our pretty little lake and we're gonna set up our little houseboats and we're gonna just oh this is fantastic And believe me I enjoy our church But I want to remember to go And this says to make disciples Huh Well that Pastor Adam that's your job Oh, it's one of mine because I'm a disciple. But it's one of yours too if you're a disciple. And so this is the premise is that a true disciple helps make other disciples. And and that sounds real intimidating and I know it does because it was intimidating to me and and I didn't think that I could do it and and I thought just people that knew the Bible really well and 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 behaved better than I did or whatever I those people should be the ones, you know, just like certain people shouldn't procreate. You know? No, I'm just... <laughs> did I say that out loud? So God really wants every Christian to procreate and help make other Christians? Yep. But I don't know the Bible that well. You are going to be a blessing to somebody else who doesn't you know the Bible that well. Like, let's figure this out together. You've got a question I can't answer. Let's, let's figure this out pastor adam i've got i've got scars i I've, I've been through it and and i don't feel like i've i don't feel like people should be learning from me oh they need to learn from you they need to see that god can heal anything and that he can use anybody and the bible is full of stories we're going to do a series later this year called hero and it's where god uses young qualified you're going to love it and Oh my gosh, do they need to hear your story. Therefore, go and make disciples. And it gives disciples, it breaks down two things. It says baptizing and teaching. And so for just simplification, baptizing would be kind of where we should focus on introducing people to God. That's why we have welcome home to God. I believe that this door, the way to this life opens through salvation like you you need to come to a a salvation a a knowledge of, of jesus christ like you need to receive him as your savior and be baptized you need to understand that you are a part of who he is and some churches are really good at that and getting somebody to salvation but then this says teach teach them to obey everything that I've commanded you I know we've got teachers in this place we got some smart people we have a lot of teachers in this place if you want to teach something you have to know what you're talking about Has anybody ever been like taught by somebody you're pretty sure they didn't really know what they were talking about that's that's challenging and then what have we also learned at parents Are kids watching as much as they're listening I've told this story before, but it's a great one. I had a, I think it's a great story. I had a, a little a two-door fake Jeep called a Suzuki Samurai, and I took this corner too fast. I had Lily in his baby seat, baby seat and, um, and I think she said, holy crap, and she was like two years old, and I'm like, oh boy, like, I mean, I'm glad it wasn't like, like a real four-letter word, but like, the two year old is listening to what I'm saying, and Mom is going to be a little disappointed that holy crap came out of Lily's mouth because I said it a lot and uh, how are we really teaching by our by our actions and so this is saying and 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 Jesus is giving us a comprehensive look at how to minister to people. And it's saying that we need to make disciples. We need to lead them to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Definitely uh, introduce them to Jesus. Teach them to be baptized. And then, what? Teach them how to live. How to follow Jesus. That's That's what making disciples is. It sounds really intense. It sounds real intimidating. It sounds scary. And maybe you definitely feel unqualified. But God is giving us this freedom of just teaching people what we know. And that's another reason for the community is because what I haven't experienced, what I don't know, I can find out. And and what I haven't been through, I can find somebody that has. And so you are, if you don't know this, you are in a place this morning filled with people that have come to God for healing for their lives. And and you've got all kinds of backgrounds in this room. You've got every, every possible mistake made. You've got every possible road tried. And then you've got a group of people that have found Jesus. And so this should be a safe place for people that have come from every possible path. Because we're not saying that that we're the answer, we're saying that we found the answer, right? So we need to make disciples, baptizing and teaching them, and this says, of all nations. So Jesus right there, nations by the way here means people group. And so I just want to readdress the politically correct Garbage that we are having to navigate through as people. And then especially as our faith. Will be, our faith will become marginalized if we act on this, by the way. Because it's okay to be a Christian. It's just not okay to tell somebody else that they should be a Christian. You see what I'm saying? Jesus is saying go into all people groups and make disciples. He knew that this was a new faith. And it was for the, all of the disciples that he started with came out of the Jewish. They were all Jewish men and women. And so he was saying that he was the Messiah that, that was promised to them. But then as we quickly see in the New Testament, God kicks the doors wide open to the entire planet. And the Apostle Paul starts making churches in every community that he can get to. Because Jesus said, go into all the world. Go into every people group and make disciples. Do you think he knew that these other people groups already had their own belief systems? Are you kidding me? This is Roman culture. Did you go to school? Like, you talk about influencing still our society. I mean, these were beliefs. I mean, we talk about the the Greek and Roman gods today, but these were gods that people actually believed in. And so Paul's letters are written to people across the the known world at that time that that were dealing with different forms of idol worship and and worshiping different faiths. Different faiths. That that sounds mean. How, How dare you claim to know the truth? What I want you to see is that this is a green light from heaven and this is one of the greatest obstacles to the church today is that we would lock ourselves behind that door of I can't hurt somebody else's feelings and we've got to figure out how to do this and we will be touching on that in week three about how to approach these things just conversationally and how to interact with people. Um, I'm in a, uh, an, an, an endless dialogue with a Muslim friend at work right now and I'm having a great time with it and we are friends. And so it is possible to share your faith in a context that that you are not espousing hatred towards the other person, but you come from a position of I believe this is true, right? And so we're going to talk about that. You guys hear about OSU's uh the uh the uh lawsuit that's in the news lately? Well, they're going through the trademark office I love the Buckeyes, you guys know that. This arm bleeds scarlet, this arm bleeds gray. It's a, a, I'm a medical gene, like a miracle. But Ohio State is trying to trademark the, well the, depends on how you spell it, right? I'm just kidding. They're trying to trademark the which I think is hilarious, like how bold you have to be of a, of a, of just an institution to say, we're going to take this word that everybody uses 5,000 times a day, and it, oh yeah, that's ours. I love it. I love it. And here's the problem. Obviously, it's a point to, of emphasis, the, fill in the blanks, Ohio, right, the, so it's kind of like, oh, the, you know, and tribute should be made. (laughs) I'm sad, I know. But I believe Jesus has the market on it. And he said it a long time prior in John 14.6. He said, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. And then there's this extra little phrase. It says, no one. Who? No one. And here's, the, here's, here's a little teaser for week three. That is not something to be arrogant about. That is something to feel the weight of. Because, if I dare comprehend that everybody outside the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ cannot access a relationship with Father God, that's heavy. It should be that's part of the reason for this series is that we would claim our responsibility for part of the weight of that. Can you come to the can you go on this journey with me like like I want to be a church that cares about the people on the outside. Because here's the other thing that churches can fall into, it's called the social gospel. You can end up hiding behind giving away things. And you can end up hiding behind free meals, and paying single moms electric bills, and and giving out water bottles at events good ideas, great things. I've seen churches do this and and minister the love of Jesus in in a, a thousand different ways. But I've also seen churches that do charity, but they never tell people to come back to God. And if I'm willing to give somebody a bottle of water, but I'm not willing to give them life, Truth. Purpose. What kind of Christian am I? And this is another result of this cultural bias where it's okay to bless people. Like, the serving part is good, and we should, because I think if you tell people that Jesus loves them and you're not willing to give them a, a, a glass of cold water, then you're, it's not, the message isn't going to be complete but can we be a church that does both can we be a church that meets people's felt needs and then oh here's jesus he wants you to come back home well i i never left anywhere you know but no there's this there's this god that loves you do you see the difference in in how we can live no one so OSU, I appreciate you, and go Bucks, and I'll be right there rooting for you. But the was trademarked a long time ago by Jesus. And so we've got this mandate from heaven, and this is why the, the FC exists. It's to welcome people home to God, His family, and His plan. Let's read 2 Corinthians 5, 17-20 again. This is the core, this is the set of verses for the whole series, but I want you, after hearing what I just read, uh, the teaching on, on the Great Commission, listen to these words again, 2 Corinthians 5, 17-20, this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person, the old life is gone, a new life has begun, and all of this is a gift from God, who brought us back to himself through Christ. And God has given us this task of reconciling people to him. For God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. So we are Christ ambassadors and we speak Uh, the words of Christ when we say, come back to God. The good news is, is that God really doesn't want to hold anybody's sins against them. He has to because He's holy, but the good news is, He doesn't want to. Do you know people in your life that need to know that? Yes, you do. We all do. And and hopefully you you've already been working on this and asking for God to to lead you in these different relationships and 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 to find uh, ways to bring in the truth to to, to situations and to conversations. And uh, we're not talking about being obnoxious, but we're talking about being life giving and leading people to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ and sharing with people that God. To reconcile means that you had to have a relationship in the first place this is what our faith is built upon is that god had a relationship with people sin separated and then he is bringing us back do you know how hard it is for one person to re- to want to choose reconciliation when there's a a gap danielle and i've been married for 24 years we know that it's hard to choose reconciliation when there's been an offense. It's hard to be the first person. She's better at it than me. But think about it. This is God choosing to step forward with the olive branch. I want to reconcile. I want to reconcile. This is His words to every person on planet Earth. I want to reconcile with you. How are these people supposed to know that? How are they going to know that? Are they just going to stumble on the river as they're flipping radio stations? Are they just going to drive by our church and get sucked in like a tractor beam into our amazing little Jesus vortex? Whoa! I don't know how I got in here, but... Anything's possible. But that's not like our growth plan. As, like, that's not our vision statement as a church. We're just going to worship in here and hope people get sucked in. Like, No, it's, we need to welcome people home to God, His family, and His plan. Knowing Jesus has changed my life. That's worth telling other people about it. We have the way, we have the life, and we get to share on how people can connect to it. Can we pray this morning? I hope you feel more encouraged than, uh, than uh, depressed after a message like this. I'm, I'm not here to necessarily to call you out um, to, to make you feel bad, but I want and I feel that God wants you to feel your part of the job. We've been commissioned by Jesus to go I've prayed with so many people for over the years of, I, don't know what God, I don't know what God's plan is for my life I can tell you it includes this two letter word go I, I know it includes that people need to know what we know What a shame for us to access the gifts and the healing of heaven and and the love of our heavenly father and for there to be others that don't know. And some people are locked into faiths that they've claimed, that can be difficult. Some people have been hurt by the church, people within the church, that can be difficult. But friends, we found Him. We found Him. And I heard witnessing described this way, that it's one beggar telling another beggar where they found bread. I found Jesus. I think you need to meet Him hearing these words, you're you're ready to take this three-week challenge with me. Would you raise your hands with me this morning? Would you say yes to the commission? I see these hands. You live in homes, you work in businesses, you live on streets filled with people that need to know Jesus. God, we make ourselves available to you. Give us the words. Lead us to the conversations, God. Help us to meet felt needs, God, and then help us to not forget to share them the true source of life. Help us to baptize and teach to make more disciples, God, to build the kingdom, to share your love with others. Thank you, God. Maybe you're sitting here this morning and you've never chosen to follow Jesus. You've never given him your heart. You've been on the outside looking in. And maybe something made sense today for the very first time and and you're ready to cross the line of faith. If that's you this morning, would you raise your hand? I want to pray with you. I know most of us in this room are believers and passionately in love with God, but we always want to make it available. Father God, receive our hearts this morning, God. We are, we just want to follow you, God. Help us to hear you and have the courage to obey you. Help us to share your word and your life and your heart with other people, God. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Let's stand and as we're closing today, we're going to worship. And uh, we've got some prayer teams up here that want to pray with you. And uh, no matter what's going on, you might have something going on in your life. I had somebody tell me this morning they have a stress test on Tuesday. And, and um, it's so important that you don't walk through life alone. And so come up and have prayer for whatever you need. If you've made a decision for Christ, and go to the Next Step Center. and Make sure we follow up with you so that we can track with you on your journey. Let's worship.
0: Walking on water is just the beginning. Cause my faith to.
1: End of that great commission. Jesus says, and I will be with you until the very end. He doesn't just drop this assignment on us and say good luck. He doesn't just tell us to do the impossible. To love people and lead them into a relationship with Jesus. He just doesn't say, go do it and check back in. He says, I'm with you all the way. Father God, we thank you for this word this morning. God, we thank you that you have taught us and that you've commissioned us to share with others. Help us to be your hands, your feet, to speak your words. Come back home this week. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you. Do I live in it? It's so astounding. Love is an ocean, you can drown me. The sweet embrace, the lovely taste I taste to see. I'm under Grace, the place to be. It means I'll never need an umbrella. I'm cool in the cold, in the hot weather. Whether or never I ever understand, I'm a man in the hands of great plans. I stand with fake down a life I never known to touch. Instead, I stop my clutch, but I'm like, what's the dream of? What's the hope in? What's the doubt for? Live to no end, this is living. The life I've been given is a gift. If I'm a living, I'ma live with the death. So,
0: what's the dream of? What's the hope in? What's the doubt for? And live to no end, this is living. The life I've been given is a gift. If I'm a living, i am live